everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, Episode 40, OS Wars, for March 31st, 2011. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> this show has already been anarchy, and I just pressed the record button. Uh, this week, we're calling this show OS Wars because that's what it is. It's going to be what we're calling our Jerry Springer episode. Uh, we've got some... Uh, uh, regular listeners and uh, former contributors to the show who are, are rejoining us and uh, we're just going to duke it out about which operating system is the best and uh, so we've got with us uh, Kevin Weaver principal extraordinary extraordinary extra, <laughs> extraordinary he's a pretty good principal <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's our Mac fan say hello Kevin I'm glad to be here. All right. <laughs> Solid, but here. <laughs> and we've got uh, Josh Reitz. Uh, you may also know him as Tux2 in our chat room. Uh, he will be uh, one of our Linux advocates. Say hello, Tux. Hello, everyone. And Pete. Oh, I forgot how you told me Kuykendall. to say your name. Pete Kuykendall. Kuykendall? Kuykendall? There you got it. Wow. Kuykendall, close enough. You know, I'm not even going to edit that. I'm just going to let the world know what a moron I am. We've got Pete Kuykendall, a.k.a. Pete PKU, in the chat room. He will also be uh, a Linux advocate with us. And uh, our friend Garrett Whitehorn uh, will be uh, anchoring the Windows side of things with yours truly. And Sean will be... I don't know, taking a nap in the corner. I'm not really sure yeah, what he's going to be I'll doing. Yeah, I'll just jump in there every now and then. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I could say I'm a fanboy really of anything, but certainly a hater of some. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the point here is uh, uh, we, this is our one-year episode. We're rounding out uh, our first year, and so we thought we wanted to do something special. And this was a good way to um, include some of our listeners and just have a little bit of fun. So uh, uh, we started this show officially on April 1st of 2010. This show will come out on March 31st of 2011. Ergo, one year has passed. Right. And so uh, uh, we've come a long way, and uh, <laughs> clearly from listening to the first part of this show, we've got a long way to go. <laughs> uh, but uh, we thank you for joining us and for continuing to join us uh, uh, week after week. And so uh, the only thing really that, uh, that I want to say is if, um, if we sound a little uh, groggy, it's because this is the first Monday back after spring break. Uh, yeah. Sean and Kevin and I have all been on spring break, which, of course, you know, you don't do any thinking during that week, if at all possible. And so our brains are dead, and then and then it was like you know the Monday after a week off is like Monday on steroids. Yeah, so this yeah. has been a Monday. You know, but it was actually, I mean, for us, it was kind of a quiet Monday. I mean, you know, yeah, it there's been worse. Me. It needed to be. Yeah, it, it was for me. Thankfully, uh, yeah, I didn't have it in me. So yeah, good to be back. Let's uh, let's knock this baby out. <laughs> okay. And so uh, this is this is uh, a very unstructured uh, episode, and so we're just going to go uh, right along with uh, point number one: why Windows sucks. Ready? Go. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> we're gonna keep goading kevin he refuses to speak he's even got his mic turned off yeah. but uh, right. i'm gonna go put him in a half nelson here in a minute and make him say something nobody wants to say okay so apparently windows rocks so we'll just move right on to the nobody wanted to say why windows Tux sucks. has gotta oh, have hey, 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 wait a minute here. <laughs> yeah 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 hey, i'm just too polite i was waiting to right right <laughs> okay, let's see here. Why does Windows suck? Okay, let's see here. I could give a whole bunch of reasons. First of all, viruses. You know, you got you got all those viruses attacking your Windows system. You know, you have to have antivirus protection. You know. Okay. Very, very prone to viruses. Okay, continue. Also, also, do you like those blue screens of death? You know, you get them all the time. I know Mark was talking about that blue screen of death he had on that ATM machine, right? Yes, that's true. But, you know, I'll be honest, uh, since Windows Vista and Windows 7, I've not seen a blue screen of death. That's because now they just make the machine reboot. You don't see the blue screen of death. <laughs> right, right. They just hide it from you. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Uh, Seth in the chat room, uh, wait, wait, let me interrupt you here. Seth in the chat room says, viruses are more a user issue than a software issue. 
Ah, there we go. See, Seth's, Seth's uh, sounding like the Windows backer. Oh, look at him. Look at him. Seth, we need to get you on Skype, man. He's <laughs> he's burning up the chat room there, defending Windows. All right, we'll get to, we'll get to you later, Seth. We're, we're going to get to the defense windows. later. Right now, we're talking about why it sucks. Okay, yeah, okay. go ahead, Tux. Okay, so, you know, you have you have all those blue screens and windows, and, you know, it's also, um, you know, you're working along, and it just stops, dies on you. You know, um, a few other things is um, when you're, you know, when your system gets corrupted, it's not easily recoverable, you know. Um, a lot of the times when I've tried to reload Windows, you know, it's, you know, repair Windows, it's actually in a worse state than what it was. Okay. And it's also slower than Mac or the Linux operating systems. All right, Pete, what do you got to say on the subject? The, the junk that gets put up there. Okay, yeah, I would say I'd put it in a little bit broader category. I would say uh, there's two problems with Windows. Uh, one is quality and the other is price. Um, and they both stem from the commercial software model, uh, which is broken. And that is that they have to release software periodically in order to generate cash flow, uh, which puts the manufacturer fundamentally at odds uh, with the goals of the user. So you keep coming out with half-baked software that is uh, that never has time to get fully fixed, uh, and is insecure, and you know has buggy drivers and whatever, and it's all driven by the business model. Yeah, and that's not like Linux, who who requires something to be put out every six months. That's not a uh, forced release cycle at all. <laughs> well, that's, that's only one, <laughs> and we'll get to that on the Linux bashing. Part. <laughs> <laughs> okay anybody else have no. any, anything to say about why windows sucks well i'm supposed to be defending windows but i did put down some cons i don't remember why but if you want to hear them no go right i'm listen i've been a windows guy since there was a windows right since windows <laughs> yeah, 3 3 1 and i as as much as a defender of it as i might be i can tell you lots of reasons why it sucks too oh yeah okay okay well, what I've got here, um, there is, uh, at least I'm going to say compared to Mac, there's a less consistent look and feel even within some Windows components because sometimes I'll see programs there or either either par parts of the operating system or parts of some other Microsoft software that will still look like something that came out of, let's say, Windows 95. And I'm like, really? They haven't updated that? So, you know, the, the look and feel could use some work on consistency. Um you know, uh, and it's Max. even worse when they when they had the mobile platform. I I haven't seen Windows Seven, but I know Windows Mobile six point five and Windows Mobile five. You, you would literally have a start bar on a cell phone, right? You know, because mm -hmm. you've got yeah. those legacy uh, interface uh, uh, things. It's it's kind of weird. Yeah, I never used one of those personally, but I always thought it did look a little strange. Uh, I also had Macs have some uh, media-oriented apps that are nice and easy to use, and only happen to be on Mac. That's just an unfortunate fact. Uh, but there's also, of course, many media apps for Windows, uh, just different ones. Um, it's not open source. That's another con. Okay. And the last thing I have is um, that it's more expensive than Linux. Um, not according to Microsoft. They say Linux <laughs> is much more expensive. Yes, yes, of course. <clears throat> uh, there's also, uh, with Microsoft, they put out so many different products that all kind of work together that if you use one thing that's Microsoft, let's say you have Windows on your client desktops or on your end user desktops rather, then it makes it really easy, aside from the cost, to go Microsoft with everything else. And if you have a real, you know, uh, what's it called, platform where you, you just pick pieces here and there from different pieces of software and try to put them together, may not work as well or be as easy to put together as an all Microsoft ecosystem would be. Um, and Windows Server is very expensive. Okay. I guess that's all I have. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of curious if anybody has anything out there that's kind of uh, educationally focused. I mean, are there any specific cons to the education world? Obviously, price, I think, is a big one, but of course, that's why we're all here. Cue the crickets. I wouldn't say. Sorry, guys. I don't know enough about that. All right. Well, I will. I will jump. Go ahead, Tuck. Sorry. 
Okay. As far as um, as far as Windows goes, um, you have the Microsoft Office Suite, which is um, also very expensive, you know. But you know, as far as an educational standpoint goes, you know, it only works in Windows. As far as being able to work with that, and it's not cross-platform compatible. So you know, that's another thing that's you know that's kind of a con for Microsoft as the corporation, you know. All right, I just wanted to throw in my uh, uh, two cents worth. Uh, even though I am slated here as a Windows defender, I can be honest about the product. Um, uh, one of the reasons Windows sucks is that it's expected to run on everything and do everything. Um, you know, you mentioned ATMs. What I mean, who would put the Mac OS X on an ATM? Uh, who would put Mac OS X on on um, uh, a point of sale device at Walmart? Uh, it's because it's such a, a, a wide reaching, uh, broad spectrum uh, utilitarian. Uh, you, yeah, it's it can do anything. So people do make it do anything, and uh, you put Windows in places where Windows shouldn't be. My home entertainment media system is running Windows. It shouldn't. There's no reason for me to have a Windows box playing my movies, but I do because it can and it does it really well. So uh, we tend to look at it and say Windows sucks, uh, and it's really because we're you know using a sledgehammer to to, to screw a, a a nail. Wait a minute. Well, that's uh, uh, Seth in the chat room actually made a very good point as far as uh, with reference to my question uh, in education is that you know it's really designed more for business and uh, and not for education. So that's true. Education's an afterthought in in uh, certainly two of the three. I think uh, there are some Linux uh, uh, points to be made where it was really built. Uh, from education in education, uh, you know, at the college level at least, maybe not in K-12. Um, okay, so next uh, item on the agenda, Linux sucks. Why? <laughs> there, uh, I wish I had it queued up for the show. I'll, I'll put the links in the show notes. There was a great song uh, some guy, a uh, couple of guys put on YouTube a few years ago called Every OS Sucks. And it's a great song about the fact that every OS sucks. It's just yeah. true. Uh, Linux sucks because yeah. um, it's weird, and, and <laughs> it just right. Um, if you're a Windows user, you just you're not sure where to go right. to find the things that you, I mean, you want. Do I want a GNOME or a KDE? What is a KDE anyway? And why do I want it? Do, right. do I want I mean, sudo? Really, sudo? Let's talk about that. <laughs> why do I even need to know what sudo is? I, I don't. I shouldn't. No Windows user knows what sudo is. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, Linux so sucks I'm, because it's hard to use. And let's talk about hardware support. Slipped in the chat room, let's talk about the fact that your uh, webcam pictures are all upside down on Linux. Uh, <laughs> talk, let's talk about the fact that, that we had to do our Linux podcast on your Windows platform because your your Skype wouldn't work in Linux. Linux sucks! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm supposed well, to be I'm in Linux right now, and it's just fine. <laughs> as he as he bleeps it out. Oh, yeah. okay. I need to replay that. I'm on Linux right now. It's fine. I'll tell you, I've got a, a lengthy list of what drives me nuts about Linux, and and I'm an advocate for it, but. Uh, uh, one of the things is certainly the hardware support, uh, and again, uh, it's it's Linux's broken business model. You have these chip vendors or chip manufacturers who, for business reasons, want to keep their APIs secret, and there's no uh, workable license model for Linux users to pay them a couple of bucks so that they can get access to the APIs to to get good drivers written. Um, and as a result, uh, often for, especially for display and wireless chipsets, uh, support is spotty or incomplete. That's one problem. Another problem is, um, the nature of, uh, open source software and free software both is you tend to get a lot of, um, development started that goes halfway down the track and then stops and something gets abandoned. And eventually, uh, one or two software projects will go to completion and result in an excellent product. For example, GNU Cache, an accounting program, or Firefox, uh, things like that. But for every one of those that makes it to completion, there's about 50 or 500 that you have to plow around to, uh, to only to find out that they're not complete enough and you've just wasted a bunch of time. 
My my biggest complaint about the Linux operating system is the Linux community. Let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, if you go if you go asking for help, what's the first thing they're going to tell you? Read the You're an idiot. fine manual is what they'll tell you. Right. There is no manual. Yeah. And what there is is written in Portuguese for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is uh that is a definite downside. And if you do get somebody to actually help you one on one, they will very quickly make you feel like you're retarded. That's true. <laughs> you know? Well, about that, I would say in the, in the RTFM uh, acronym, the M often not stands not for manual, but man page. That's even worse, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the source code, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What else? Any other reasons why? Thing. Okay. Go ahead, Garrett. Yeah. Um, one thing about Linux that uh, at least makes things harder compared to Windows is with Windows, <clears throat> you want a piece of software you can go search Google for it, download it from the software developer's website, or let's say some big website like download.com. You can just download whatever you want. It's, it's in a EXE or a MSI or whatever. You can just install it like that. Uh, with Linux, you have to get your software either, well, you, you've got to get it from repo- repositories as the first option. Either it, that could be the repository that, that's already set up with your OS, or if not, then you may have to add repositories to your package manager in order to get the software you want. And, and I'm looking at the Mac guy here across the room. He doesn't know what a repository is. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. That, he yeah, doesn't need to know. With, That's exactly right. And even with all the repositories that are out there that are good, established, and whatever, um, even then, sometimes you're still not going to be able to get the latest and greatest version of something. Um so if that's the case, then you may have to go to the developer's website and download the source code and compile it yourself. This is just not a very easy way to, to do the software thing, I think. I mean, it makes it Yeah, sick. I I can it agree makes, and disagree with that. Uh, I just it, ran into that myself uh, just the other day, um, but it was probably the first time in about three years. So um, it does happen, but not frequently. But when it does happen, it's pretty bad. Seth in the chat room points out that there are way too many distros competing with each other, and a crowded market means that the good ones don't necessarily stand out. That's true. Your voice has been heard, Seth. Well, and there's really <laughs> yeah, no there's no I, way for the uninitiated I mean, to even step into that. Uh, they've got to have basically be handheld by somebody who's knowledgeable uh, to even give it a shot, to even take a look at it. it it's not something that you can just, uh, you know, walk into, uh, you know, without uh, knowing a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah, and don't say that it's that, that you can get a Dell preloaded with Linux. That that doesn't count. You have to know that you can get a Dell preloaded. Well, or, with or even you know anybody who's in the know knows that you could you can load up Ubuntu. Uh, it, it's a piece of cake, right? I mean, you can uh, do an install and it's it's very easy and straightforward. But that's if you're in the know. Uh, the average person on the street doesn't even know that they can do that. Yeah, and equally absolutely, easy is it's Linux a bootstrap problem. Yeah, there's a, there's a, few, a handful of distros that are all similar, right? There, were, there was Debian, sort of the father, and then there's off of that is branched Ubuntu, and off of Ubuntu is branched Mint. And I would think that 95% of all the Linux installations happening now are probably one of those three. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, Sean. I mean, um, there is, there's no way you can just flip it on. You, you've got to be walked through with someone. I would have an exception to your 95% of installations thing. Uh, that's, I'm assuming you're not taking into account servers, which the servers could be running Debian, but CentOS is also a popular server OS. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm only talking desktop. The servers, I figure, are being administered by geeks who know what they're doing anyway. Right, right. All right. Are, are, are we ready? Are we ready? I'm itching for the next point of discussion <laughs> Sean, what what is the next discussion point why apple sucks do you have an opinion on that I, that surprises me i wouldn't have expected you to yeah believe it or not mark yes i do <laughs> you know and uh 
I'll go ahead and kick it off and uh, everybody else can jump in. You know, I'm sure bodies will come flying in from all directions. Uh, now mine's mine's more of a, and I'm going to talk directly uh, first off because it's the thing that really eats at me uh, in education is, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, I hear the argument made in education that, you know, kids should wear uniforms or uh, shouldn't be able to bring their cell phones or uh, there's different things and it all revolves around uh, because it's the haves and have nots and you don't want the have nots to, to feel like they're have nots. And, uh, but yet, uh, a lot of people in education flock to Apple products that build their entire, their, their entire marketing plan revolves around that. It's all about who's, you know, you're cool. It's, you, you know, you, you gotta be in the in crowd. You gotta, you know, you're, you're part of the elite if you have, uh, Apple products. And, uh, I, it disgusts me to see them, uh, being pushed in the educational environment where a lot of kids are not going to have access to that technology on their own. Once again, Seth in the chat room has one word for why Apple sucks flash. Although that's only on their handheld platforms. Well, and let's, let's, uh, slip throws in there the obvious one, which is cost. And, uh, that's why we don't have any of them here. I mean, there are certainly, uh, certain applications where it makes sense to use an Apple product or a Mac, but uh, we can't afford them here. And, you know, honestly, to put one Mac in front of a student, uh, we'd really be taking two computers away from two other students because we can, well, do, we can do so much more uh, not going the Mac route. I know the uh, the Mac rebuttal to that is that, you know, total cost of ownership would be lower. But even still, that initial price, it, it in reality, a lot of people do have a problem getting over that. So it's whether the total cost of ownership will be lower or not, it's it's more upfront, and that is going to make a difference. Well, and I've seen that those total cost of ownership numbers, and they do not prove out here. I always see these inflated numbers of how much it's going to cost to maintain your fleet, blah 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 blah, and <laughs> it, it it just it doesn't prove out. I want to know where are they getting those numbers because they've got to have retards running those fleets because (laughs) (laughs) we, we manage our fleet just fine. You know, what's, what's interesting about that. Let me, let me get this in there. Uh, what's interesting about that is they'll talk about the life expectancy of a Mac, right? It's, it's the aluminum body, right? It's going to last five, 10 years, right? They'll say 10 years. Well, well, that's true. But because if all you're ever going to do is surf the web and read email, that machine will last for 10 years. And that's what Mac people do for the most part. And so, yeah, they don't need. And uh, go out there and walk across America and find one person that's using a 10 year old Mac. Yeah. My biggest complaint about about Apple in general. I will be. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be driving a. Ten- I got him. I knew I'd get him to talk. I'll be driving my ten year old truck that's paid for, and I'll still be using this in ten years. And you won't be doing anything but reading email and surfing the web. And that's okay, Un- unless the Almighty Steve decides that you don't get the latest update to Flash. In which case, you'll have no choice. You won't be able to browse the web, and you'll have to get a new machine because that's totally within something Apple would do. They have that tyrannical. You know, it, it, it makes me crazy that the original 1984 Apple ad where they were like, you know, IBM is big brother and we're freedom. They're big brother now. Steve is big brother. Right. And he tells you what you can and can't do. And we say, yes, Mr. Steve. Yes, Mr. Steve. Yeah. And it, this is a really good point. I think Apple's business model in a way works um, because they control the hardware and the software. They can keep the quality really high because they don't have a billion permutations to try to run on. Uh, but the downside, obviously, is that lack of freedom. And, you know, both Microsoft and Apple are in the non-free space, uh, but there's different degrees of non-freedom, right? And with that directly comes the price. And, that, again, that stability, that, uh, well, well, I'll give I'll uh, say now when we, we're going to talk about why Apple is good, I'll give you some. It's a very stable platform, and part of that reason is, Mac users don't know what a driver is. You know, it's 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 there. Uh, when you control both the hardware and the software, you can make sure they work together perfectly. Uh, Windows and Absolutely. Linux don't have that luxury. Yeah, that's right. And trying to support every video card and every motherboard and every non-compliant this or that or the other thing, you know, it's just impossible, and it shows in the quality. Okay. Anything else about why Apple sucks? 
I think I got most of my big big ones out. So yeah, yeah, I could go on forever. But uh, was it cathartic, I, I, Sean? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I could I could tell a story about something that happened to me recently with a Mac, although it's a very very specific thing about the operating system. Although I don't know how uh, how, how useful it would be. No, it'd be useful if it's yeah if it's Mac bashing, <laughs> you throw it in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay well <clears throat> this was a a uh, friend of mine uh has a daughter that has a mac and uh they were on vacation and i was supposed to be fixing this laptop for them while they were gone and uh basically the hard drive had crashed it sent it off and got the hard drive replaced and now they got it back and wanted me to put all the software back on it which was let's see it was office the uh printer driver and software and i think uh that little free antivirus program not i don't know that there's much point to that one but anyway um what i had to do was uh oh i got the computer and i see the log on screen and it says setups macbook you know it usually says the, the user's name apostrophe s macbook well it said setup apparently the whoever put the operating system back on there called themselves setup mm-hmm. and i was trying to change that um and i had to of course google my way through this whole thing and it's the memory's kind of getting fuzzy now but uh changing the username okay you know in windows if you click on the start button you see your username let's let's call it a display name Sure. Up at the top, you can have spaces and whatever in it. Um, well, actually, the other can too. But but if you go in my computer and you go to C drive, well, I'm on XP here, and you go documents and settings, then you're going to have a username in there, which very likely could be different. Um, and let's call that one the system username. Well, on a Mac, you go change the username, you're changing the display name. Um, and to change the um, the name, the system username is a complete hassle to go through because, first of all, in Finder, the equivalent to Explorer, there is no easy way to show hidden files. The only way to show hidden files is to pull up a terminal and type this long hairy command, and uh, and then restart Finder, and only then can you see hidden files. Um, and I had to do that in order to change uh, the system username because I basically had to create a new folder, copy everything from the old system username folder into the new one. And to do that, I had to get all the hidden files as well. So that was a complete headache. And you know, that that goes up with something. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, I'm really not. That's all. Um, <laughs> it goes up with something that was said in the chat room earlier, and I, and I let it go uh, without comment, was that um, – um, when when you have a Mac, the first person, somebody who sits down who's not uh, an indoctrinated Mac user, they get it and they say, how do I fill in the blank? And the, and the Apple response is, you don't. And it's like you said, how do I show hidden files? Well, you don't. You don't want, Who needs to show hidden files, really? Right. Yeah, um, right. It's limited. It's that walled garden idea that here's the safe path. Here's the roses. Here, don't step on them. Here's the thing you can. There's the gate. No, no. Behind that gate is badness. You don't go behind that gate. I'm sorry. Um, if you want to go behind that gate, you take it to the mall and let the Apple genius unlock the gate for you. And <laughs> Kevin is here, right. uh, nodding his head. The, the Mac user is like, "That's me. That's what I want. I want the walled garden." Um, <clears throat> but another one, I criticized the Linux community earlier. Let's talk about the Mac community, shall we? Um, the, <laughs> mm. um, oh man, there's the blowtorch. <laughs> they, you know, over, uh, they're kind of two, two, uh, uh, ends of that spectrum. There's the elitists, uh, who have their $3,000 MacBook and make sure you know every time they, they have it. I, I always tease iPhone users that they don't ever answer the phone, they answer the iPhone. They don't ever yeah. leave their phone at home, they, they leave their iPhone at home. You know, uh, would you hand me my iPhone? It, they don't, it's not a phone, it's an iPhone, it's a status symbol. Um, you don't often hear uh, a guy saying, hey, would you hand me my Motorola NV3? You know, they, they don't do that. <laughs> right. But a Mac user uh, will. An iPhone user will, um, you know, uh, a, uh, a Windows user will say, uh, you know, I need my laptop, whereas a, a Mac user will say, I need my MacBook Pro. 
They got to make sure you know <laughs> yeah. what it is. Yes, yeah, not just a MacBook. I have a MacBook Pro. Yeah. <laughs> right. I've, had a, I've had a guy in a class of mine recently who, uh, of course, he, he realizes he's not really a, what I'd call a fanboy, but he he makes jabs wherever he can just to just to dig it in, you know. Okay, so now next item on the agenda: Why Apple is the best OS in the world? User friendly. Okay. Let's hear from your friend over there, Kevin. This is the part where the show stops until you say something. <laughs> Just does what you want it to do, right? Yes, it does. And it's intuitive. And it's never crashed. No viruses. No viruses. If I need something that needs to be fixed, I take it to someone that can fix it. Yeah. So you treat your laptop like you treat your truck, right? You don't try to to change the fire uh, the uh, thingies that make Steve, fire. Steve the tells spark us, plugs. Steve, Steve you know. tells us not to. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> worship him with that's me, a, please. That, you know that's a great oh, comparison, though, Mark, because really that that is what it boils down to. Is there? There's a great deal of the population out there that really don't care. Right, they it's an appointment. They, they don't want to know. Right, it's it's a tool, and, and uh, it's hard to argue with that. You really can't. You said three thousand dollars a second ago, and if you'll go get, <laughs> he's been doing over what I have. With the programs and things that I wanted, and go build that at Best Buy. See what it costs you. And I didn't pay three thousand, by the way. Either. Yeah, you're right. I'm not arguing with you. Two thousand. The hardware is about the same. Um, Sean's laptop that he's talked about before, his ASUS laptop, uh, is pretty comparable specs to yours, uh, but it was about seven hundred dollars less. Um, right. However, it doesn't have GarageBand on it, and it doesn't have iMovie. So by the time you add that. Okay, I could make the point that you're you're getting a roughly equivalent platform. I, I will say um, our resident uh, Mac fanboy in the the Taiwan Tech forums, uh, uh, Monkey Martin, uh, was supposed to be with us today, and and this was the part where he was going to rip us all a new one. Uh, but for some reason, he uh, uh, hasn't been able to connect. So uh, we're a little light sure. in the Mac fanboy yeah. department. Yeah, I'm buying that. Probably was, had a problem he, with that Mac. He was, to <laughs> he was scared of you, Sean. That's what it was. He was scared of you. Steve wouldn't let him connect. <laughs> and I think one thing that helps me you, you know you brought or i brought up a second ago the truck thing i'm in a i have friends that are geeks i'm looking at two of them right now <laughs> so y'all talk it, this is the equivalent of me talking to someone with my truck that is a mechanic and my truck does what i want it to it doesn't have to be real pretty it does what i need it to do and the things that you are discussing and talking about and things like this, I am a user, as I tell Mark all the time. And now he usually says, "Just a user, just I'm a user, just a yeah. user." Just a and user. I can't take my other computer that I used to have if I didn't have a friend named Mark uh, to Best Buy and expect anybody to help me fix it. Well, but, and I, I, I'll tell you, there's a lot to be said for this appliance notion, uh, and I would submit that most. Windows users also just want an appliance that works. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, and in the case of the Apple, you know, you have the small market share, high dollar device that I guess you could say is like a BMW. And how many people really go in and change to an optimized camshaft in their BMW in their garage? Right? That's right. Or even change the oil. I mean, if you're driving a right. BMW, right. you pay somebody to change your oil. Whereas some people will do that, you know, with a Chevy or a Mustang or something. Right. Kevin, talk about the uh, physical attributes of your MacBook. You've you've mentioned that repeatedly to me when when t bragging about your Mac. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> it's got a big honking dent in it. Yeah, it does. I I have a place that it, something fell on it. I'm not even sure why. It's got a big dent in it, and it's uh, 18 months old. And yeah, when I when I talk to him about his MacBook, he says it's dented and it still works. But you know, you got to say the the aluminum chassis they're they're well built machines. The MacBook Pros, anyway, uh, the the basic MacBook line maybe not so much. Um, I will say, you know, I, I'm going to jump in there. I, I abuse them, but I'll also support them. Uh, Apple is a seamless experience if you're in the Apple universe. If you have an iPhone. 
and an iPod Touch and an Apple TV and a MacBook. It is uh, it is a it a unified experience. You see that same interface everywhere you go, and and it just works. And you can have you know now GarageBand on your iPad as well as on your on your uh, uh, MacBook, and you can share files between them and and work that way. And and they have done a really good job of creating this ecosystem. And once you're in that ecosystem, once you've guzzled the Kool Aid, uh, it's a pretty <laughs> sweet place to be. <laughs> And and as uh, and there are no comments from anyone. Nobody said anything. Except they all agree. Uh, actually, um, I do have. Uh, sorry, um, I actually do have a um, a MacBook Air that my boss gave me to work on to program iPad with. Could you do um, Skype actually, on it? Because this sucks. No. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Those, th- those things <laughs> Skype awesome. Put down the helium bong, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, you know I, I, I slipped and fell on some ice, and I had my laptop and the MacBook in there, MacBook Air, and it, it put a pretty big... Um, Pretty big dent on the side of the MacBook Air, right where the screen was, and um, it also, you know, in my Mac, my my MacBook Air and my laptop were in my backpack, same exact configuration. The MacBook got bent, and my laptop just had a little um, bend in the plastic, but that was it. But they both worked afterwards, and they both worked well. So. Yeah, that yeah, at the MacBook, yeah, it could get a big dent in it, but it's a little bit harder to iron out that bent in aluminum than it is in your little bit of plastic. <laughs> uh, now, I, I want to jump in here, and uh, and I'm I'm kind of asking more than anything because I still have yet to really put my finger on. You this. understand? This is the defense of Apple part of the show. Yes, and, are, and, are you sure and, you want to speak here? Well, this is I'm throwing okay. it out there because I really want to know because uh, I will put it out there in defense of the Mac that. Uh, people in education love them. I mean, they're just gaga over them, and I can't. I can't put my finger over on it. I mean, I know the. Uh, I I think it's the pretty. You know, it's all about the pretty, and that's that's my theory. Um, that uh, people love to uh, to see those pretty, beautiful interfaces and all the the Steve Jobs uh, superlatives uh, that he uses. Uh, it, guys, do you think that that's it? I, I'm just it, it, you. You got to know that education is just enamored with with Mac and Apple products. I my theory is that a lot of kids. Uh, I don't know if it's still true, but. Uh, at one time, uh, learned computers on Macs through their school districts uh, back in the day, and they took that going forward. It's like bonding to a mother duck or something. <laughs> Kevin, tell me why you moved from a Windows tablet, uh, ironically, a Windows tablet that this school district paid for. Um, Wait, and it's still here at the school. Right. I understand oh, that. Right. I don't want to <laughs> but you you moved from a Windows tablet, and you chose to pay for a Mac uh, laptop on your own. So what what made you do that? Why why did you uh, uh, move from one platform to the other? Well, I was actually doing my master's work online, where I'm having to keep up with everything, and um, did not want. I just wanted to give it a try. It had nothing to do with. I'm. I understand what Sean's saying, but for me, it had nothing to do with pretty. Um, I I wanted something that I knew in two years when I finish all this stuff. Actually, now it's two weeks. And I finish all this stuff that I wasn't going to have come to you every day with something that wasn't working right. So now you just don't have anybody you can go to. Exactly. <laughs> no, I drive. <laughs> so instead of coming to me, you I go never, to the mall. Have you ever seen this computer in your office other than when I'm using it? No, you haven't. <laughs> I will go to the mall. <laughs> Sean would be laughing anytime I brought it in and yes. said, it's not working. Oh, I would love that day. I would, I'd have to take off and go home. <laughs> No, and that, that's where you know. I, of course, I'm the the avid basher, but uh, yeah, as far as the hardware goes, I've got no complaints whatsoever. I mean, it's 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 great stuff. Well, and y'all aren't the normal com- consumers. Keep reminding yourself of that. Right. Uh, we have to the normal exactly. consumers. We have to go to. I'll, I'm gonna stop saying Best Buy. Just give me another place. That's only the place I've worked with. But you go in there. Well, and or it's call a your high, local. It's a high school yeah. kid, and I would be calling Mark saying, "Is this what I need?" Now what do I need? Now what programs do I need? And it's nice to have someone say, this. it comes with all this, and you're ready to go. 
And did I pay a little more? Maybe. But I so let, let me let me add on to that a little bit. Uh, my 86 year old mother lives in another state, and uh, so I ordered up from Newegg a uh, I think it was for about 350 bucks a laptop. Uh, loaded it up with Linux Mint, uh, preloaded some bookmarks for her, and mailed it to her. And she's loving it because she never has to adjust anything, and I don't have to worry about her, um, you know, hitting an infected site or something. And in that respect, it's like a Mac, right? It's this yep. appliance that you can give to someone. And in my case, she has me if she has a question. That's the big missing piece from Linux that exists in the Apple world is, you know, there is a retail presence where you can go ask questions, take classes, get something fixed, etc. It's true. All right. Are we done defending Apple? Can we move on? I think so. I'm, I'm wondering. Why is Linux the best operating system in the world? Freedom, baby. Yeah. That's okay. it. Yeah, you Stalmanites <laughs> out there. It's all about the information wants to be free. Information doesn't want anything. Now, let's talk practicality here. So in the 70s, when we had the fuel crisis and we were all driving those crappy Ford Mavericks and Chevy Chevettes and equivalent. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the only, one, he, the only one here who was driving in the 70s. Just <laughs> thought I'd point that out. That's true, Sonny Boy. <laughs> certainly, certainly not Tux. <laughs> tux, tux, do you have your license? <laughs> Kevin, you were driving uh, in the 70s, uh, I right? I do have my license, but I wasn't yes, driving I back was. then. Okay. So you and, and, yeah. and Pete can talk about this. Well, in the 70s, uh, <laughs> the U.S. made these terrible cars, and they had been terrible for a long time, and... You know, nostalgia ain't what it used to be. Believe me, they're not as good as everybody thinks they were. And the only thing that made them better was the competition from Japan. And there was a lot of gnashing of teeth and whining and this and that. But in the end, it raised the bar for everybody. And the freedom of Linux has done that without a specific legal document, which is a, a software license. Uh, that competition would not have arisen and we'd still be using Windows you know, 2.0. Are you one of those guys who doesn't say Linux but says GNU Linux? No, nah, I'm not that extreme. Okay, good. <laughs> Even though that's the proper way, I still don't say it. <laughs> yes, Actually, Linus doesn't say that. He he says it's not the proper way, but anyway. that's Well, yeah, but that's because he only wrote the kernel and not the other 10,000 programs. Right. So why is uh, Linux the best operating system in the world? Let me, uh, uh, going on to the freedom of their, uh, I'll talk uh, a little bit about its expansibility. I, I said that uh, Windows works everywhere. Linux works even more everywhere. Um, you can take, uh, I mean, I'm, I have a Linux phone, right? I'm sorry, I, I'm not allowed to talk about my phone. That embargo right, is still in place. Right. Um, <laughs> my wife has a Linux phone. There you go. See how you I worked go. that in there? Um, <laughs> there you uh, you know, you can, you can use it, uh, the ATM, uh, ATM machines. I, I did it. I said ATM machines. Ah, oh, the M yeah. is for machines. ATMs. ATMs, uh, run Linux. Uh, voting machines run Linux. It, it runs everywhere. And, and there's this wide uh, variety of hardware support. And if there's not, you, uh, you just hire somebody to crack it open and do it for you. And that's what I think is, I'm not a coder. I, I can't open up a G compiler and, and, and go to town. But I know people who can. I mean, I had a problem with um, the software that we use uh, to do video when we do our broadcasts, and um, and I complained about it to Tux, who's a Java developer, and he said, hey, let me fix that for you. And he did. And that's the beauty of not just Linux, but open source in general. You can do that. Uh, you can, If you've got a problem, you can find somebody who can fix it. Um, if I've got a problem with Windows, I have to wait for Microsoft to fix it if they do. And yeah. that's it. Exactly. That And that is the broken piece. That's why Windows is so insecure, because they've still got buffer overflows like they had 25 years ago, whereas on the Linux side, for the big security problems, they're fixed within days. So, um, and we, uh, where I work, so I work at Comcast, which is a really big company and really technical company with a lot of servers and back-end systems, and that's where I work is in the back-end part of it. And we run Linux on just about everything. And we're always modifying things and fixing things and, you know, getting things from vendors and telling them about the problems and sometimes fixing them ourselves. You know, there's a reason that the world's web servers are so stable because most of them are running Linux on that platform. So um, 
getting back to the release cycle driven thing, um, there are there's one notable branch of Linux, uh, Ubuntu, a distribution that is on a six month re release cycle, which has proven to be problematic. No surprise. But the root of all that is Debian, which is not on a release cycle. The release cycle is whenever they think it's ready. Um, and that goes a long, long way to improving the quality. So in my view, the quality wins out every time. Well, Fedora also does a six-month cycle, and OpenSUSE does a six-month cycle. There, That is, seemed to be the uh, accepted norm for some reason. I think GNOME drove that. GNOME is on a, on a uh, six-month cycle, uh, but... Uh, uh, anyway, that, I just thought I'd throw that out there. So, uh, Tux, this is your part of the show, man. Why, why haven't you said anything? <laughs> because you guys have been talking for I could. Okay, um, <laughs> some of the things that I like about Linux is that it has a small... Are you saying I interrupt people? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> you just interrupted me, right? Poor Tux. Yes. <laughs> Go so, ahead. you know... You, Linux has a smaller footprint than Windows and Mac. You know, you can run a leaner hardware, and it's also better for embedded systems because you don't have all that overhead as well. Like you can you can actually compile your own custom kernel to only include the drivers that you need for that specific device. It's also you know it's also a lot more stable than Windows ever was. You know, you can you, I, I have um, I have Linux machines that have been running for over six months now with no reboots and it seems like every month we have to reboot our Windows servers because there's some kind of error or something that's causing them to lock up. So, you know, it's very stable. Um, I like the, you know, I like the part that you guys already touched upon as far as, you know, be able, being able to get into the system and mess around with it. But also another thing that I like about it is mostly it just works. You know, I can plug in my printer and it just it 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 just starts working. You know, there's it's, you know you don't have to wait for it to you know you don't have to go find driver, put the driver disk in, install this big huge piece of software to just print a document out. Like in Windows, you just plug it in and it works. So you know, I like I like the fact that it has a lot of the hardware support built right into it. So when you install it, you don't have to spend thirty minutes trying to find all the drivers for all your different pieces of hardware for for it. And the uh, the audio drivers rock. <laughs> and I'm just going to say... Uh, yeah, that's one thing, thing that's a little fuzzy on mine. <laughs> and let's talk about the elephant in the room here. It doesn't cost anything. That's yes. why Linux is the best operating system in the world. We can talk about intellectual freedom and, and all that sort of stuff. It don't cost nothing. And and so if you want to um, put it on all of these systems that we're talking about, like you know phones, for example, uh, hardware manufacturers don't have to pay any licensing fees for that. They can just do it. They yeah, can just roll it out. Let's expand on that a little bit, Mark. Um, Linksys uh, is the perfect test case for that. They, they built a series of wireless routers called WRT. And they were built on Linux, and, and part of the license of uh, using the free software, the Linux code base, is you have to uh, distribute your modifications. You have to put the source code up. Well, they didn't for a long time, and they finally got threatened with a lawsuit by the Free Software Foundation, and so they complied. Well, that was the best thing in the world for them and for us, because it allowed the hackers to go out and fix their crappy code and expand the functionality, and that, in turn, made a better product. And now, they're, as you know, they sell those things like hotcakes, and there's much better software out there uh, that's evolving all the time. Uh, I think uh, Tuck's really hit on the other the other big one there, and it's something that uh, that we do around here. Is that since it's leaner, I mean, uh, you can have outdated hardware that can't run a modern OS, but you can throw Linux on there and still get life out of that hardware. Right. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'm, in a, I'm involved very deeply with some charities that um, repurpose computers, donated computers. And, uh, you know, as the Windows in particular, as the Windows hardware requirements grow due to software bloat and memory expansion, that kind of thing, uh, you know, we can just run Linux on these... Uh, 10-year-old machines just absolutely fine. And especially now that everything's being done over the web, really nowadays, if you can bring up a web browser, you can do just about everything you need to do for most people. 
Which works out well for those Mac users. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They don't have to pay 800 bucks for Office. <laughs> All right. Are we done with why Linux is the best operating system in the world? Um, one more thing. I knew you it put was it on coming. I do it. Go ahead. <laughs> I think you already said it. I think what he you said. Can put it on your Mac, and you can run it with your Mac. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's what you're wanting to do. Yeah, that's right. I I actually want to buy a Mac laptop because I think it'll be the best Linux machine I can find. Um, I just can't <laughs> afford it. Okay, so now. Garrett, start us off with why Windows is the best operating system in the world. The most software compatibility and hardware compatibility. Um, also, it's easy to get help with it because it's so common. Everybody uses Windows. So if you need help, need tech re repair, whatever sort of help, you can find it. Um, you can build a Windows machine. You, also true for Linux. You can't do that with a Mac. Um, which works out great for people like me who like to pick and choose all of their different hardware parts. Um, this is probably not necessarily the uh, a good pro, but it's there. Um, the existence of malware and the fact that it gets onto people's computers keeps the repair guys in business partly. <laughs> <laughs> Job security. Uh, wow, that's cool, man. <laughs> That bald guy in the chat room says games. And let's talk about that. Windows yeah, is the best gaming platform on the planet. End the question. Very true. I don't know what discussion to, to make about it, but yeah, it's true. What are games? There's the most games for it. <laughs> Did Steve say we could play games? Since it's, yeah. <laughs> since it's the most common platform, that's what the game designer built for. So you'll find many more games on the Windows platform than the Linux platform. Not just games, yeah, software in general. I, yeah. I've always said, yes. if you go into Best Buy, as Kevin's mentioned a thousand times, uh, <laughs> you go into a Best Buy, you go to the software section, there's 80 rows of Windows software and there's an end cap of Mac software. And there's no Linux software. Um, yep. When it comes to commercial software, um, uh, your Windows platform is going to give you, it's going to open the world to you like nothing else does. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for the network effect. You know, the guy who gets the big market share gets the snowball rolling. You get a, you know, a lot of user knowledge distributed out there. You get a whole ecosystem of manufacturers, et cetera. Um, usually the guy who gets the big market share early wins. That's that whole business model of the 90s of give it away till you get the big market share and then stick it to people. And that's worked out pretty well so far. Well, I want to jump in there and uh, with uh, Windows 7 coming out, uh, a couple of things that I think they did right was uh, they started moving towards the pretty and and giving people what they wanted there. And uh, I got to admit, I mean, I like it too, right? If I'm going to be looking at it all day long, I want it to look as nice and visually appealing as possible. So uh, so uh, they, they've done that. And then uh, I've been in love with my Windows 7 machine. It's been pretty much a nice, stable machine. So uh, I haven't really had any complaints. It just hums right along. And when yeah, you buy a piece of is, hardware for it, almost every time you plug it in and it's going to go. I mean, it took them 15 years, but Windows finally got plug and play right. It just right. works. Yeah, absolutely. As hard as it is for me to choke these words out, uh, my, my work laptop with XP on it has been very stable for the last three years or so. Uh, as you say, Mark, it took a long time to get there, but they finally got there. I would argue, and I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, Windows 7 right now is the best computing platform in history for end users. For the everyday end user, Windows 7 is the best operating system ever created. Oh, Monkey Martin's going to hear this. <laughs> He's just oh, going to kick himself. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I... I, I Absolutely agree with you, Mark, but I, it's from a standpoint of a little bit of ignorance because I don't really uh, use Macs, you know, so I, I've seen them, uh, you know, fidgeted around with them a little bit, but I don't, I don't really know the OS well enough to, to really compare the two, but I think, uh, I, you know, my personal opinion, I'd have to agree with you there. Now, having said it's the best, the other two are right behind it. 
There's a lot of parity right now between them. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny, you know, every time this conversation comes up, and we, we've seen it a lot in uh, uh, email uh, strings that, uh, that we're a part of, and uh, it, it all comes down to uh, really, in the end, kind of a personal taste. And I think more and more uh, nowadays with so much happening in the browser that uh, it's, the lines are starting to get blurred, and it really doesn't matter as much as it used to. Yeah, very much so. Um, I, I know on the Linux side, um, yeah, there's all these arguments to be made about the complexity of different distributions, this and that. But you know what? You load up a, a computer with Mint or Debian or whatever, and you hand it to somebody and you say, here's the accounting program and here's the browser and here's the word processor. And they're, they're pretty much done and it, it's stable and it works. All right, Tux, tell us why Windows is the best OS in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Games, 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 games. The most compatible with games, and you can watch your Netflix on it. Netflix, there you go. Yeah, yes. because Netflix runs on Microsoft Silverlight, so there you go. Can you do Netflix on a Mac? That's yeah, a real question. I don't know, Kevin. Do you know? Can you do Netflix on a Mac? Anyone? Bueller. Well, uh, yes, my you understanding can do is on a Mac. Okay. And my understanding is uh, Microsoft wrote Silverlight to be their proprietary version of Flash. Yes. Exactly. And it works. It's become a lot more than that, though. It's become the, the Windows, what is it, Windows Foundation, I think they're calling uh, it? Presentation Foundation. Pre- presentation Foundation. Uh, but anyway, that's <clears throat> that's beyond the scope of this podcast. Uh, any other final comments? I'm going to go, I'm gonna, we'll do round the horn. We've been at this for coming up on an hour now. Uh, so we'll just go around the horn and, and uh, uh, final comments. Uh, Tux, a.k.a. Uh, Josh Reitz, final comments. Um, final comments. Um, I would definitely say that for people, you know, if you want to try a Linux distro that is out there, it is free. And it runs on hardware that Windows just fine won't work on. So if you wanna, if you wanna get your feet wet, just um, do that, and, and um, it's easy to work with. And it's awesome for Skype. Uh, Pete Kikendall, Kukendall, Kikendall, Kikendall. Final comments. Yeah, I would say uh, if you're looking for an appliance, even on the server side. Uh, look to Linux. Uh, the one I use is called Clear OS, uh, and it, it's all pre-built. It just works. It's easy to administer, and um, I, I think you can find that on the desktop space or in the server space. Garrett Whitehorn, final comments. Uh, I didn't really prepare anything in my head, but um, <laughs> Mac sucks. Windows and Linux are cool. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Weaver, final comments. No comments. Sean Keibel, final comments. I'm going out on a, a Apple fanboy hunting expedition here in a few hours. <laughs> Anybody can come and join me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and with that, I think we'll move on to our tips of the week. Uh, did any of you guys have any tips that you wanted to throw out there before we get to ours? Uh, I, had, I got a few. Oh, go ahead. Uh, we'll start, uh, Garrett, you win that race condition. <laughs> okay. Um, I just pulled up a few links before we started here. Uh, the first one I've got is opensourcehelpdesklist.com, kind of unwieldy domain name. But I know uh, that's op- that help desk software has been discussed uh, here on the show before. And this website, although they do seem to kind of push one particular product, uh, they, they do have an alphabetized list a bunch of help desk software out there that's commercial and uh, free or probably some open source too. So uh, that would be a probably a really good resource if you're looking to uh, get into some software like that. Um, I've got another one. I'm really not sure how it's pronounced. I'm going to say uh, Codingen or Codingen. I, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's K-O-D-I-N-G-E-N.com. And it's a development environment, a software development environment that runs in your browser. Um, you can, they have several programming languages that you can use. Um, you, you get FTP space, you get a shell account. Um, you can use um, versioning systems like CVS, SVN, Git, uh, all that stuff. Um, I haven't used it personally, but it looks like a really cool thing. 
Um, and that's all I want to say about that. And my last tip is a long link. I'm just going to have to post it in the chat. Y'all can put it in the show notes or whatever. But it's a discussion on Slashdot about open source or free open source alternatives to Active Directory. And so for any of the the real uh, server uh, admins out there might enjoy reading that. So because it, it has it mentions basically every other possible way to do the same thing. And that's all I got. All right. Uh, Josh, you got something for us? Anything? Um, I would just say that um, I would have to say that you know, you pr- this show comes out after the other one, but um, there's a podcast out called Everyday Linux. If you want to learn more about Linux, check it out. Look at you plugging like a pro. I tell yeah, you. he is. Um, yeah, right. We're recording this before that is released, but uh, it'll come out in the timeline afterwards. Uh, we, we're launching a new show here on the Tightwad Network Yay! Uh, <laughs> called Everyday <laughs> Linux. Uh, so uh, if you're curious about it, uh, listen and find out. It may be good stuff. It may suck. We'll find out. <laughs> Pete, what do you got for us? Anything? Any tips or anything? It's I do. Okay. I have uh, three for you, actually. Um, so the first one I mentioned a little bit before uh, called ClearOS. If you want to set up a all-in-one appliance at your house or your small business or your school or whatever that will that can manage everything, file shares, webmail, gateway, firewall, you name it, and do it easily through a web interface and you don't have to know anything about anything really. Um, the uh, URL for that is clearfoundation.com. Uh, it's, it's free. They have some paid services uh, if you would like them to maintain uh, things like uh, spam filter uh, lists and, and various things, but uh, it's just a great thing. Can't say enough about it. Um, if you're looking for a lightweight Linux distribution that's super easy to install and use and run on an old computer, uh, go to puppylinux.org. Love puppy yeah, Linux. we've got so many puppy disks around here. Oh, yeah. Lots of love for Puppy. Uh, it's it's just great. It's easy. It installs right away. It's almost a no-brainer, and you got all the stuff you need there. You got a browser. You got an office kind of collection of programs. They're all light. They'll all run in a very small memory footprint on an old processor. And then finally, um, if you're interested in a lot more um, places to go to find out about free software and what's available out there and what's the history of it and what are the legal implications and anything you ever wanted to know, it's in uh, the Free Software Foundation, which is called FSF for freesoftwarefoundation.org. Cool. All right, since you guys just flopped out six different tech tips out there, I'm not going to do one. Because I'm running low. Yeah, why, why waste one, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was good stuff. And, uh, you know, for all the teachers that are probably still listening to this. <laughs> oh, one of you? Yeah. I'll jump in there and uh, throw out the teacher tip of the week, which is uh, myfakewall.com. And uh, all it is is a site where you can go. All and, it I, is is. I did it again. You did. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> okay. Uh, my fake wall dot com is a site where you can uh, basically go and set up a quasi uh, Facebook looking uh, type of site, but for, you can do it for like a historical figure. So you go there and they've got plenty of examples of this where uh, a classroom full of kids went in and did a Facebook page for uh, as if they were uh, Benjamin Franklin or Abraham Lincoln or, uh, and so it's a, it's a nice safe place. They don't have to actually go out onto the facebook.com or, or any any other social network uh, they can do it it's kind of a walled garden uh, they can set it up but it gives the kids uh, an opportunity to be engaged and uh, look at uh, these historical figures kind of in a, a different light like they're actual you know people and uh, so it connects them a little bit more it's kind of neat um, not sure that it's going to be for every age group but uh, probably somewhere there in the uh, sixth to eighth grade maybe ninth grade so uh, myfakewall.com Okay, and so there's our tips. Quickly, I want to tell you how you can contact us if you want to be on the show or have some comments about the show or just want to throw darts at Sean. Uh, you can do that at uh, our website at thetaiwadtech.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash thetaiwadtech, facebook.com 
slash the Taiwan Tech. Or you can leave us a voicemail. We don't have any uh, to play today, uh, and it's a good thing because we're going way long. Um, but uh, you can leave us a voicemail at uh, on our Google Voice uh, number at 530-FRUGAL2, F-R-U-G-A-L-2. Or I might uh, point out once again the widget right there on our website at thetaiwadtech.com. You put in your phone number, Google will call you, and you can leave us a message. So without further ado, I'm going to wrap us up here. Thank you guys for being with us. Uh, Josh Reitz, uh, Tux2 in the chat room. Pete, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, I have a mental block about about your name. Uh, Pete underscore PKU in the chat room. Garrett Whitehorn, known as Garrett W in the chat room. Uh, I'm Mark Cockrell, known as Mark Cockrell in the chat room. And for Sean Keibel, who's... Sean TX. Sean TX. And Sean TX1, because I don't ever log out. Right, he never logs off. And so there you go. Uh, thanks again, guys, and we appreciate you being with us. And uh, so on behalf of all these people, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off. Great show. I didn't say that. No. That <laughs> Look, they know. That's right. They were waiting. Yeah. The show's not over until Sean says that. That's terrible.